Today is September 7th, and this is the fourth episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last Saturday, we had UFC Fight Night, Overeem versus Sakai. And Overeem getting the victory in the fifth round, um, 20 second, 26 seconds into the round by TKO. Um, you know, I was... Before I get into uh, Overeem and his victory, I was actually very impressed with Sakai in the first uh, two rounds, um, showing, you know, he can strike with, obviously, a uh, top guy in Alistair Overeem. Um, uh, but, you know, Overeem's game plan, obviously, wait, uh, you know, the first couple rounds, take you know, absorb a little bit of uh, shots from Sakai, tire Sakai down. You saw that in the clinch. Um, you know, they were trading some shots and, uh, Overeem worked for those takedowns. He was three for three for, uh, with them. Um, and once he took Sakai down, he controlled Sakai and, uh, you know, won rounds three and four and then got the finish in round five. Um, Sakai, you know, if you're Sakai, you got to work on your ground game a little bit, but he's going to be a, you know, future contender for sure. Uh, I saw some good things in him, but, uh, you know, it's hard to beat the veteran and, and Alistair Overeem, especially a guy who's so well-rounded all over. And, um, you know, now he's gonna, you know, look for one more win and then try and get a title fight. Um, you know, the heavyweight division's a little bit locked up. You got uh, Curse Blades, who's the number two, is going to fight Derek Lewis at the number five, and Ninganu is going to face uh, probably Stipe next. So, you know, it, it's a little bit locked up. The only guy who's in the top five that doesn't have a fight is Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Now, that fight's interesting because Overeem was winning the whole entire fight until he got knocked out by uh, Rosenstrike in the last round. And uh, Overeem said in his post-fight uh interview more uh press conference that you know he felt he was schooling Rosenstrike and um you know that he felt that the stoppage was a little little uh unnecessary because of the how late it was in the round and um and I understand that um and and to me his lip just busted open he actually looked fully conscious he like when I saw the 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 tape of it um he looks fully conscious when he gets knocked down. He, you know, and he gets right back up, and he looks like he'd be able to defend himself. Um, and obviously, he was able to defend himself when he got rocked against Walt Harris. So, to me, I think he won that fight really. And um, you know, he'd be on a, a, a big winning streak of of finishes too. So, um, to me, I, I I think the right thing to do, probably, and the only thing you can do, is. Uh, make that rematch um Overeem gets the win and uh if Overeem gets the win I think he kind of deserves a title shot or you know okay maybe you don't make that fight you wait maybe he fights the winner of Blades versus um Lewis and then if you win you get a title shot but to me uh he's on a fight five fight win streak um four of which would have been KOs you know he would have won the decision against Rosenstrike. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think he's looking good. I think he's looking fresh. Um, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, say otherwise right now.
Um, but Sakai, he's going to be a, a top top guy in the division. Um, it's just not his time right now. But uh, good, good entertaining fight. You know, you can't complain about a fight that goes back and forth and then eventually gets a finish. So uh, very entertaining fight, on, uh, in my opinion. Now, in the co-main event, um, you had OSP versus Alonzo Mainfield. Um, I was super impressed by OSP here. Um, he he kept his distance, struck uh, was striking very smart against Mainfield, and um, got the KO. You know he didn't even need to take the fight to the ground. He just uh, kept his distance with you know strikes um, and caught Mainfield coming at him forward and and uh, knocked him out cold. Really, it was an impressive win, and uh, you know it really kind of showed that Mainfield needed to switch up what he was doing. And he, and he kind of made that right adjustment after the first round because uh, OSP was doing a good job of keeping distance and Mainfield need to go at him. He, but, you know, he just got caught. So um, OSP stays relevant in the light heavyweight division. Um, obviously, we'll see Mainfield back um, and... Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see OSP move back up to heavyweight um, in the near future, but uh, we'll wait and see what's next for them. Uh, before that, you had Michael Pereira versus Zalim Imadetov, and um, what a performance by Pereira. Uh, completely dominating uh, Imadetov all three rounds, and then um, getting the rear naked choke uh, at the very end of round three. You know, People are saying, oh, you know, the ref shouldn't have stopped it. Zalem didn't tap, you know, whatever. But the fight was over anyway. Um, Pereira dominated the whole entire fight. And, um, you know, this is a guy who can do some crazy things in the octagon. Maybe not the smartest things. But he really, this time, fought with the right amount of crazy. Um, and, it, and it keeps your, what I realized was it keeps the opponent on edge, you know. Those crazy things could end up getting you knocked out uh, if you're not being careful. So, and and it could get Pereira knocked out too, doing some of the stupid things that he does. But at the same time, you know it's kind of a, a different um, approach, different style. You know, you don't quite see backflips and and all that crazy stuff. So keeps keeps the opponent on edge for sure. But um, if you it, like he did in the last fight, if you fight with the right amount of that, um, could be effective. And also, he just looks sharp. You know, um, he's got a lot of fights on his record, and I, I think it, it's time for him to to get somewhat of a bigger name. Uh, I know he called out Jorge Masvidal. I doubt that happens. Um, he wants the BMF belt. Obviously, we know Jorge Masvidal is probably going to fight Diaz for the rematch for the belt. Um, but you know. I think it's time to give Pereira, you know, a bigger, a bigger name, um, uh, and see, you know, see how he does from there. Um, he's not ranked, but there's some guys that, you know, I'd be interested to see him fight. Um, maybe like a Joff Neal, uh, but the problem, you know, maybe even a, you know, a Vicente Luque or Rafael Dos Santos or someone in that kind of range. Um, but then again, you know, I would say Neil Magny, but Neil Magny's probably looking to climb, not fight an unranked guy. Um, and you know, 
Zalem, he couldn't really do too much there, you know. Just it was a really good performance by uh, Pereira, and I think that the the pressure and the the heat got to Zalem, and that kind of also didn't help him there. Um, the previous fight in the middleweight division, you had uh, Andre Muniz versus Batas of Fabinski, um, and what a quick submission win by Muniz um, in the first round, you know, coming out real fast, um, getting that sub, impressive win. Um, anytime, you know, a guy comes out and gets a fast sub, um, it's very impressive. And Brian Kelleher got a fast submission too. Um, 39 seconds into the first round, uh, got a submission by a guillotine choke, um, and really proves, you know, he's a threat all over the place. You know, he can knock a guy out, um, he can outstrike you, and he can obviously submit you. Um, and Ray Rodriguez, you know, credit to him filling in, um, being the third opponent that could have fought Kelleher. Other two dropped out. He ended up stepping in. Credit to him. Um, but went for a takedown early, and Kelleher wrapped up that guillotine and got that sub win. Um, so... You know, I think Kelleher uh, definitely should get a bigger name after that fight and after that performance. I'd love to see him fight Sean O'Malley. Um, I think it makes sense. Uh, Kelleher is looking for a bigger name, and uh, O'Malley's looking for a fight to return. Um, I know Brian Kelleher called him out a little while ago, um, but you know, I think it kind of makes sense for the both of them. Kelleher is looking for a bigger name. O'Malley's looking for a bounce back fight. Um, before that, you had uh, Aruja versus uh, De La Rosa, and what a performance uh, by B- Vivian uh, Aruja. Um, such good striking. Um, to me, I thought she got a, a unanimous decision. I know one of the judges scored at 29-28, um, but just completely outstruck De La Rosa. Um, very impressive. And uh, that also shows you how tough De La Rosa is, though. Um, took a lot of damage. You saw it in her face afterwards. Um, but great performance by um, Arujo and great striking. Um, I'm excited to see what's next for her uh, to come. And the first fight of the night, uh, you had uh, in the bantamweight division, Hunter Azura versus Cole Smith. Cole Smith actually looked a lot bigger uh, than I expected since he was moving up in weight. Um, but, you know, a little bit of a back-and-forth fight. Um, obviously, it was a unanimous decision of 29-28. Um, but, uh, you know, I Hunter Azura, uh, I think, got the better of Cole Smith and just, um, you know, got more takedowns, had c- more control time, um, and he outstruck uh, Smith a little bit. So, you know, that was that was basic of the uh the fight and um you know these guys are young guys they're both got a little under 10 fight uh well azura has 10 fights now but um before this they had under both under 10 fights um so you know these guys are are up and coming guys um so that was ufc uh fight night overeem versus sakai and um only seven fights um and they were all on one card due to the fact that so many fights got scratched uh due to testers testing positive for coronavirus and 
you know, it, it is disappointing, but at the same time, you can't really complain because at least the UFC is putting on events and, um, you know, making it happen. You're still seeing fights. Some of these fights that get scratched, you might just have to see later. It's unfortunate, but at the same time, you can't really complain. Um, I've been enjoying these events. Um, they've been great. Uh, can't really complain. Um, so yeah, that was UFC fight night over in versus Sakai that was last uh, Saturday on the 5th um so this this episode I'm doing things a little bit different I'm not going to go into next week's UFC fight night on this episode um I'm going to save that for a little bit later in the week uh due to the fact that I kind of wanted to um I kind of wanted to switch things up um you know so many fights end up getting scratched um, so I didn't want to do it too early. I want to do it a little bit on a card that I know that's definitely going to happen. Um, for example, you know, the headline was supposed to be, uh, Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. Um, and that got scrapped. Uh, I think, uh, I think, um, Glover tested positive for Corona. Either one of them tested positive. So, you know, that fight's going to happen at a later date, but, um, you know, other fights might get scratched too, and the main card might change. So I'm going to wait to do that later in the week, um, break it down, give you guys my picks. And, um, and also that way it's a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, and that way I can post more episodes, you know, I could post that another time and have, uh, you know, some other content on there. And, um, yeah, so that'll be another episode later this week. I just want to give you guys a rundown of what I'm doing. Um, so the last thing I'm going to talk about uh, on this episode is the uh, potential return of Nick Diaz. Uh, Nick Diaz's manager um, told Ariel Hawani that this is the first time that you know Nick Diaz did a test weight cut um, or just cut weight in general um, in, in four years. Uh, he's right now in the 175 pound to 165 pound range. Um, just to give you a little bit of uh, a picture of, you know, Nick Diaz, the, the brother of Nate Diaz. Um, Nick last fought in 2015 at UFC 183 against Anderson Silva. That fight um, ended in a no contest. And his last win uh, came in 2011 at UFC 133 against BJ Penn by unanimous decision. Um so, you know, the guy hasn't fought in a very long time. Um, in between those two fights, though, he did have two losses that came in 2012 against Carlos Condon um, and 2013 against GSP. So, you know, before he left, um, he was on top of the, you know, both divisions, really, fighting the top guys, top champions. Um, he's the real deal. But, you know, it should be interesting to see uh, how he would do if he were to return, you know, he hasn't fought in, you know, this January will be six years. So, um, it's, it's interesting. Um, he's 26 and nine. He has three, uh, TKO slash KOs and eight submission wins. So, you know, obviously he can win by various amount of ways. Um, he would return in 2021, but he needs to enter the, uh, the testing pool, um, which is obviously, you know, can be kind of a concern for him. Uh, so it should be interesting. He does need to do that though. Um, and I, you know, 
it's hard to say who he'd match up against because obviously he's a big name and obviously he's gonna want big names i mean you know how his brother is nate you know he he won't fight unless he's gonna fight a big name um so you know and and obviously it seems like diaz is gonna go the 170 pound division um so to me I, I think he should go for a warm-up fight before he, he goes to the Wolves, goes to the top of the guys at division. I think it just makes sense. After six years, I think, you know, maybe not an unranked guy, but I, I do think he should not fight a top five guy. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I know, you know, how the Diaz's are. They probably want big names. They probably want big fights. Um whether they want money or just they want more hype, whatever it is, they are, you know, they want big names and I get that. But realistically, I do think a warm-up fight would be good. Um, so I have three names that I have an idea, um, you know, that could potentially work for for Nick when he returns. Uh, I like an Anthony Pettis fight. Um, Pettis, obviously, um, you know, a veteran, um, and also kind of at the end of his career-ish, uh, I think that could that fight could work. Um, and then, you know, you got a guy like Vicente Luque, who is also like a, a threat, um, but he's also, you know, lower in the division, um, but also could be seen as a, as a good comeback fight um, in my eyes for, for Diaz. And then another guy is my, Michelle Pereira, um, who I was talking about earlier. Yes, right now he's unranked, but I bet he fights again soon, could get him ranked. Um, and he could be in a spot, you know, he's also, you know, kind of crazy, does some wild things, uh, might be a good matchup for, for Diaz, um, you know, in a potential future fight. Now, let's say, you know, he doesn't take a warm up fight and he goes right to the top of the division. Um, then I could see, okay, you got to give him, you know, you can't give him, you know, uh, someone who doesn't really create hype or anything. So maybe, maybe you throw him against the champion at the time um who knows i don't know how he would do i i i don't think i would favor him to win if they threw him right against the champion but maybe you throw him against someone like kobe covington if covington doesn't have the championship at the, you know by the time diaz returns um they would both talk shit to each other for sure it'd be a good hype uh you know uh good entry lead up to the fight um so someone like that could definitely be a good matchup if diaz wants a bigger name um you know obviously masvidal but i don't know how that quite would would do um with his brother you know facing masvidal i mean i guess if masvidal you know kicks the shit out of nate again you could maybe make that fight um we'll see but I just thought I'd share all that with you. Um, I personally would love to see Nick Diaz return. Um, I think he would add a lot to the UFC. And um, I'd also like to see what he could do. I never personally got to watch him like live um, or while he was in the UFC. I started watching after he left. So it would be interesting to see. Um, and at any time there's a big name in the UFC that's returning or, or potentially coming, it's always interesting to see how they do. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, the potential return of Nick Diaz. Um, and that's episode four. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you guys later this week.